0: Magic Podcast. My name is Nelson and with me tonight is my good buddy Teach. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Nelson. How are you doing?
0: Uh, I can't complain. Uh, we are a twosome. Just one one episode after talking about how great it was to have a threesome again. <laughs> <laughs> we are back to a we are back to a twosome. No, Schnell. Uh, he actually probably won't be here for the next couple of episodes. Uh, something came up tonight and then he is leaving the country for a week. Had to get away. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Tax season, you know, time to get out of the country, lay low for a while. Um, so yeah, he'll be back in a while. So for the next few episodes, you're stuck with me and Tej. We're going to take you on a magical journey of fun. Uh, we got a few things to cover tonight. <laughs> we are going to talk about what we've been up to uh, since the last time you heard from us in the world of magic. We are going to touch touch on the new Modern Horizons announcement that came out today and talk about that a little bit. And then we're also going to talk about, I guess the the buzz phrase we've been using to discuss it is is the the, the state of standard. So talk about standard, what we what we've been seeing in in the standard game, what maybe kind of you know catches our eye oh that's interesting or irritates the hell out of you uh, I may or may not be complaining about mono red later on and <laughs> and talk about what what it is we play when we're playing the uh, standard game whether that be paper arena you know whatever we're we're talking standard so yeah let's get it started teach what have you been up to since the last time we talked in the world of magic
1: oh boy that's a good question uh, I feel like it's been forever since we've talked let's see I've played a bunch of arena Mainly, mainly uh, uh, just knocking out those dailies, grinding some gold and stuff. I did a draft probably a week ago, if I remember it correctly. It was um, it was a, a cynic build. Uh, I don't remember how I did. It wasn't uh, it wasn't amazing because I've, I'm not here ranting and raving about it. Um, but yeah, that's what I did. Uh, other than that, I've been uh, doing a lot of uh. Deck building things and in, in Commander, I finally finished up a riff list that I had been working on. Um, I can't remember if I had finished that before we talked last time or not. Um, I started rethinking uh, a Niv Mizzet deck, so I've had the uh, the uh, the Guild Kit, uh, and I thought I don't know why I thought of this, but it was just this morning I had the idea of using every single card in the guild kit, obviously uh, only one card of the ones that came in pairs, but using all of those as a baseline for a deck, uh, and then building around that, and the idea behind that was, so, the deck is, right now it's just full of wheel effects, and I'm happy with the deck, but the idea behind the deck is uh, get Niv-Mizzet out, Play a bunch of wheel cards so people are taking damage while I'm drawing a bunch of cards until I find one of my combo pieces uh, and then just combo off.
0: What are you using uh, right now as far as, you know, what are you, what are you comboing?
1: Uh, curiosity effects. Uh, curiosity, Ophidi and I, their enchantments, basically it says whenever uh, enchanted creature deals damage, I draw a card. And when you put that on Niv Mizzet, uh, he'll deal damage, and then you draw a card. But whenever you draw a card, Niv Mizzet deals damage, and then when he deals damage, you draw a card again, and so on and so forth.
0: So this is why, when you were talking to us about it earlier today, you said people don't like playing against that deck. <laughs> it's it's not the
1: it's not the well, first of all. I haven't even actually played with the uh, incarnation that it is right now.
0: Oh, it's interesting. Just,
1: something i've been thinking about and it's not the combo part that uh i'm afraid people aren't going to like playing against it's just the drawing cards part
0: that's right yeah you specifically mentioned the fact that you know nobody wants to sit there and watch you draw cards until the end of time
1: i've i've uh uh, the deck a bunch of times and i can draw like 20 cards a turn pretty consistently but uh, I don't always draw into a win condition. So I can deal a bunch of damage during one turn, but it takes a long time for me to resolve that turn.
0: And then you've got uh, to do it multiple times.
1: And then I have to do it again. And that sure. doesn't and that's, that doesn't seem very fun to play against. No, that's fair. So, right? like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the deck the way it is. Uh, but I kind of want to put it in a direction where it's not a slog to play against. And I think and I think uh using the guild kit precon as the base of the deck and and forcing myself to play those uh, thirty cards that the deck came with that's a good third of the deck that's not optimized
0: yeah uh, I think that's an not... interesting challenge for yourself
1: yeah so uh, that's that's my new that's my new side quest here <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> I like that that's a cool idea um and also yeah. as someone who plays edh with you and, you know, plays against your decks, Uh, thank you for not making me sit there for 20 (laughs) minutes a crack uh, while you're taking a turn just drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing.
1: (laughs) Yes, you are welcome. You Uh, are welcome. Anything else you've been up to? Uh, That is it for me. All right, what have you been up to, Nelson?
0: I have been up to a little bit of paper and a little bit of arena. So I'm still working on my markov brew i had i had tweaked it i think i've tweaked it twice and the first time i had a little more focus the second time i was just like oh these are all really cool vampires that i could run so i'm gonna throw them in there and it got really muddy and i don't really like it right now so i have been going through um the way and i actually thought about this this might be an interesting topic for uh if if there's a week where we can't make it and we're just looking for, you know, um a, a discussion to hold us until the next time we can all talk, whether it's one of us talking about it or even all three of us together on an episode talking about it, but kind of our strategies and how we go about brewing decks, specifically, Commander. So okay. when when I look at when I think about a deck, the first thing I do is I think about either a, a theme or a general that I want to have. So obviously, with this Markov deck, I know I want to fine tune a Vampire EDH deck with Markov at the helm. When I built the Grixis discard deck uh, that I had talked about a few episodes ago, that one I knew I wanted to make a discard deck because I thought it would be fun and different. So I came yeah. to that commander later. I had the theme first. This time I've got the commander first and. There's a lot of different themes or ways to go. Uh, you know, straight tribal vampire. Do I want to go with life gain? Do I want to do, you know, tokens or counters or you know, which way am I going to go with it? So, the first thing I do is I identify the theme or the commander, and then I think about the cards I know I want to play for sure that I want to build around. So I'll make a list of however many that is. It could be five cards or it could be you know, fifty cards. I don't know and I will, I will make a list for myself. And then what I'll do, I, I kind of combine a little bit of homebrew and a little bit of net decking. So I will go and I will find say five decks that are completely different that all use that commander or that theme. And then I will look at their deck list and I will look for commonalities and see if it's something that's already on my list or if it's something that I maybe didn't think of yet. And then once I parse all that together and I get my my V1, that's when i start play testing. I'm tweaking on my own after that. I'm not looking at any sort of deck list online or or anything like that. I might go to, say, you and Schnell, uh, you know, like, hey, I was thinking about this. Uh, I'm kind of torn between this handful of cards or whatever, you know, and, and seek opinions from people, but I'll kind of stick away from um, deck lists at that point. So I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm just trying to pare it down, uh, kind of like, okay, do I cut some enchantments and spells to throw a few more vampires in there or should I keep it where it's at? So I'm at the point where I'm finding balance now. Once I get a, a kind of a V1 build done, I'll talk about that on the show too. And, you know, like I said, when we we can have an episode focused on this, I think it's interesting to hear people's different strategies and their thought processes. Uh, I think it helps you become a better, both a player and a deck builder. I know that as I've been doing this, more myself my confidence has grown and it's 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 no longer something that causes me anxiety and now it's something i actually look forward to doing which is a complete 180 from where i was even just a few months ago so i think that'd be a a fun thing to talk about so we can get into that later but yeah so anyway working on markov uh i guess this would be version 2.0 or even 3.0 but i'm gonna call it 1.0 because this is the first time i'm really tearing it apart and getting getting down into it and then other than that i've been playing arena you know like you said uh cranking up my daily challenges and stuff like that getting that done and then the i i drafted guilds of ravnica once and i think it might have been literally the day before we recorded the last episode i think i talked about it i drafted golgarian that quickly went zero and three and bounced out it just it was probably how do i want to say this late mid-range it was it was slow it was definitely a slow deck and there was a lot of is it and boros that i was seeing and they were just way too fast for me so i got smoked and then i earlier this week decided to jump in the constructed event with my new and improved gates 2.0 deck i took out the plaza of harmonies or I took out the the tap land right where it comes into play and then you have to pay one for it that yeah. that gate I, I I took that out and I put in the one where it's 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 just a land. so you lose you do lose uh gate count by playing this. however, as long as you have two gates in you gain three life and you don't have to pay for it to not die. so Schnell had suggested I make that change. It's paid off a lot. I went from two to now four Hydroid Crassus. I took out Expansion and Explosion. I had two copies of that. I took that out, and I actually went in and I I upped my white Man account, and I took out the Archway Angels. I sideboarded those, and I'm running Deafening Clarions, and that shit, Night of Autumn now. So it's a little bit more outside of Gates of Blaze. It's a little bit more uh, damage to creatures. And then also you don't really know... You can sit there, you know, it's frustrating and, and I complain about it while I'm playing, but then it was like, wait, why don't I put Knight of Autumn in here because now I've got enchantment removal. <laughs> uh, whether, you know, somebody plays an Binding on Crassus uh, or a Great Gatebreaker Ram or uh, uh, a Colossus. And now because it's an Binding, I can't even cast those anymore. So now I've got ways to kind of circumvent that and work around it. So I've been really happy with that. Like I said, I did, I did one earlier this week. I was at four and one and then at about, this is probably nine thirty, ten o'clock. And then of course work paged me, uh, still on call cause it's still February. So I got paged and the best, the best run I've had in a long time. Of course I can't finish it. I have to resign and go to work and I got three shitty uncommons for whatever, but I made my coins back and then some, so it was fun. Yeah. So that's what I've been up to. I, I'm looking forward to getting to play some, some commander soon. Got to talk to you and Chanel, see when we can figure out a weekend that, uh, we can all meet up at his store and, and play some magic. Cause I'm, I'm getting the itch for EDH again. I, it's been a little while since I played. So gotta,
1: yeah. Gotta it's scratch been a that while itch. Since I've played too. Yeah. But, I'm looking uh, forward to it. Yeah. I've been in a deck building mood recently. So yeah. Me too. And doing. it's been a lot of fun. It has been. I like building decks.
0: So do I. I, I just it uh, activates part of my brain that I don't feel gets challenged often enough in everyday tasks. So it's it's a lot of fun. And speaking of you know fun new things for magic, we did finally get that new fun modern announcement they were telling us about today. Today they announced Modern Horizons. This is a set all in all into itself basically that's releasing june 14th i believe with the pre-release the week before so that would be what the the 6th through the 8th or something like that
1: uh 8th and 9th
0: okay 8th and 9th that's it yes so a full set 254 cards they did say this is also coming with a buy a box promo so they're still throwing that in there and And so
1: i think that's gonna be a new card too oh the promo i think so yeah
0: cool cool uh and that interestingly uh they are making this both for paper and magic online but they have not coded it for arena so you will not see it there which i mean makes sense because modern's not in arena oh god was it the professor who was i think it was the professor was talking about modern and arena specifically and he was saying you know take even if they did one set every two or three months for like eight years (laughs) they still wouldn't have all of modern in arena basically you know the the backlog is so long the programming hours are so intense that it would take forever so yes uh arena
1: arena is a beautiful client uh it's a lot of fun it looks really good but people still holding out hope for modern on arena it's not going to happen i hate to say it but it's not going to happen that's why we're getting this new standard plus format uh that's going to be your arena modern so people who are getting irrationally angry at this modern horizons not being on arena they're crazy people
0: (laughs) yeah no i I agree i mean wizards has said all along there's no plan they've never said no we're not ever going to do it but they also said you're not going to see modern on arena anytime soon because they're not stupid it's their product they know
1: the kind of manpower it would take to do that i'm going to stop you right there yes sir uh because um, it's not that they said uh, uh, we don't plan on having Arena anytime soon. It's that they said we have no plans of putting Modern on Arena. Uh, and there's a big difference there because people, are, people hear we have no plans. And then uh, 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 they, they assume, but there might be plans in the future. Uh, instead of just taking Wizards at their word and saying we don't plan on doing it you know what else they don't plan on putting on arena batman comic books (laughs) so (laughs) i thought you were gonna say i I was waiting
0: for you to say legacy or vintage you know i I don't know (laughs) but that was that was even better
1: (laughs) so if you if you are going to magic arena wanting to read the most recent batman comic book you are going to be sorely disappointed
0: (laughs) bad news for you junior (laughs) not gonna happen
1: (laughs) That
0: was that was fantastic. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, no, you're 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 totally right. And it's just arena is what it is, and it's going to grow into something. And it's it's fun. It's great. Uh, but it's not going to be your new. It's not going to kill Magic Online as far as that modern scene and even the EDH scene on MTGO. Just because that game's been around. Wh- wh- when did that launch? Two thousand. I mean magic online yeah no idea
1: it was before my time
0: it was a long time ago uh so you know they've they've grown with it so that's that's where magic online has a leg up arena's smoother it's you know prettier to look at (laughs) it's a great hearthstone clone and uh it's a ton of fun but it's not you know it is what it is and it's not what it's not i guess is what i'm trying to say right um so interestingly, uh, the Modern Horizons boosters, even though Wizards got rid of MSRP, they on their on the Magic you know Daily MTG page where they're discussing this, it literally says Modern Horizons boosters. Oh, I read it wrong the first time. It says on Magic Online. I thought it said both where I read it. Uh, and you know what? Oh, I read it on even... I read it from Epic Stream first on Facebook. So maybe they wrote it wrong in their first story. I'd have to go up and I'd have to go look at it again, but. Uh, reading this one from Wizards, it does say Magic Online will be priced at six ninety nine. So maybe they, Epic you know,
1: never gets anything wrong. Uh no, so I don't never. know what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: but yeah. So it says uh, releasing June fourteenth. Modern Horizons contains two hundred and forty nine new to Modern cards, with a total of two hundred and fifty four in the set, with a mix of reprints not yet legal in Modern and new cards that celebrate both Modern and Magic's rich history. So. TJ and I were talking before we started recording, and when I asked him about what he thought the whole mix of reprints, not yet legal and modern, meant, I I said, Do you think that they're reprinting standard cards already that are, you know, say from Ixalan block that are gonna be in modern soon? And uh, you you thought of something I didn't even think of, and it's so obvious I, you know, could kick myself in the ass for not thinking of it, but tell me what you told me. <laughs> Set me straight again.
1: Well, first of all, I could be very, very wrong about this. I'm going to throw this out there right away. Uh, But based on the wording of that, uh, it says we're going to get new cards that are going to bypass standard uh, that are already going to be modern legal, um, including every other. Basically, they're going to be legal in every format that's not standard or brawl is basically what that means um and then the reprint says they're going to uh their reprints are going to be uh not uh cards that are not in modern um and i didn't take that as cards that are currently in standard because as soon as something gets printed in standard it's already legal in modern i'm taking that to mean uh cards that are before modern we should have looked up when uh when modern began yeah i think Um, it's
0: seventh edition but it might be eighth i could be wrong
1: uh, do the Google. Yes. Um uh, almost there. Almost. There we are. Uh Mirrodin. Eighth edition. Yeah, Mirrodin is the first set.
0: Yep. Okay. So then it was eighth edition. So it was It was eighth edition, after yep. seventh. Yep. Okay. Got it. Mirrodin yes. first set.
1: Uh so anything before Mirrodin uh I think is we're going to they're going to pull their reprints from
0: And I think that's a good, I think that's completely logical and smart, smarter than saying, oh, well, it's probably going to be shit that's going to be rotating out of standard soon. I like your idea way better.
1: (laughs) Well, in theory. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) True. True.
1: I have confidence. uh, I don't necessarily know if that means they're not going to do uh, reprints of things that are already in modern that people want to see again. But I do, I uh, it does sound like they're going to reprint things that are not in modern because they want it to be in modern.
0: Um, yeah, and that's what I, that's exactly what I'm thinking too with the whole, it's, they're new to modern cards, you know. And if they're not doing modern reprints, well, that's, ba- that's really the only way they can do it,
1: um, to have a library does, that robust. Yes, this is good in the sense that uh, reprints from Magic's Past are always good. Uh, Agreed. Let me rephrase that. Good reprints for Modern's <laughs> past are always good. True. Uh, so, and I'm sure we're going to see some good stuff in there, but I personally am not a fan of this idea, I, I guess just in general. I don't like the idea of cards being, I don't like cards that are printed for specific sets, like all your supplemental sets, your cards that are made specifically for Commander, uh, your card, your your... Battle bond and Conspiracy are fun to play, but but it's hard. I didn't prepare, I didn't prepare a thought process on, on, on my views behind this, so I'm not going to go on a, on, a, on a ramble here. But I don't like the idea of cards being invented for modern that didn't pass through standard. And I also am not a huge fan of uh, the idea of taking cards that are pre-modern and allowing them to be in-modern with uh one exception that i can think of off the top of my head i've i've got a strong feeling that we are going nope never mind talk myself out of that i was gonna say i was gonna say i've got a, i was gonna say i've got a strong feeling we're gonna see uh ally colored fetch lands printed in this set uh, uh but then i remember they reprinted those in cons of tark here so that yes, idea just went out the window um <laughs> If there is a cycle of something that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head, um, where half the cycle is Modern Legal and half the cycle is not, like Fetchlands used to be, then this could be a good idea to have a complete cycle of something in Modern. But if they just want to take a card uh, like Ristic Study, for example, and they decide they want Ristic Study to be Modern Legal for whatever reason, that kind of defeats the whole purpose of the Modern format, in my opinion.
0: I, I agree. I think it's i guess i don't know what i was expecting when they said hey there's going to be a new modern product i guess i was hoping for more modern reprints rather than you know hey this the majority of this is all new to modern you've never seen it before and that doesn't just mean new cards built for modern which like you said gets into do what are your feelings on cards printed for specific formats and modern is modern because it's got it's rules just like standard i mean they don't print things for standard that aren't standard legal you know i mean that's why they've got the blocks this this is what's standard right now this is when it rotates out same thing with modern this is when modern starts because it's not legacy or vintage or you know whatever so yeah i don't really know uh i'm going to hold hold my judgment uh until i actually see the actual set list and see what's in here, um, and and whether or not it all serves a purpose. I mean, obviously they think it serves a purpose, but like you, I'm not completely sold on it yet. They did show two of the brand new cards that were printed in the announcement today. One is Cabal Therapist. It's a 1-1 horror creature for 1 black mana. Uh, it's got menace, and at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, you may sacrifice a creature. When you do choose a non-land card name, then target player reveals their hand and discards all cards with that name. So, I mean, it's a handy, it's you know, handy, handy, cheap rare. The second one is a bummer uh, for me. <laughs> uh, if you, if if I may be so um, so blunt, uh, it's a planeswalker. And we finally got the Sarah Planeswalker card. People have been, I mean, it's not Sarah Angel, uh, or just Sarah, Um, it's Sarah the Benevolent, who I'm assuming is Sarah, since she's named, you know. So we finally get the Sarah Planeswalker card that everybody wanted, but to me, it's just really fucking underwhelming. So she's two generic mana and two white mana, and she comes in to play with four loyalty counters. And uh, for plus two, Creatures you control with flying get plus one plus one until end of turn. Uh, minus three, create a four four white angel creature token with flying and vigilance. And her ultimate minus six, you get an emblem with if you control a creature, damage that would reduce your life total to less than one reduces it to one instead. Uh, it's not terrible, but it's really underwhelming considering, you know, people have been clamoring forever in regards to planeswalker cards to have a sarah just like people want an urza you know people want these huge characters from way back in magic's history to be planeswalkers and we finally get one of the most iconic characters and and creature cards i mean every prepubescent boy that played magic when it first came out knows that sarah angel art well for obvious reasons and you know sarah's just a great character and to me the planeswalker was just kind of like I don't know. I'm not that excited about it. Maybe other people disagree with me, and that's fine. That's what this is all about. But
1: here's the here's the uh, here's the problem with that line of thinking. Is uh, uh, Sarah is a, a pre-mending planeswalker? Where planeswalkers are the most powerful beings in existence, and we have stories of them doing great amazing strong terrible things with these awesome powers that they have and you can't make a card with abilities that 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 reflect the abilities they have in the stories because they're just too powerful
0: and that's 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 fair i just think that maybe a few tweaks would have made this card better i'm not saying it's not playable um but like you know, creatures you control with flying get plus one plus one until end of turn. Well, let me put a counter then on one or two of my creatures with flying. You know, just like give me just a little bit more. Considering she's this benevolent angel. And even if you want to restrict it then to angels, you know, put a plus one, plus one counter on up to two or three angels that you control. Because then if you're playing yeah. a tribal angels deck, you know, it's just I'm I, I I get what you're saying. I completely agree with you. And I don't want something that's going to break a game as soon as it as soon as it hits the board I already have enough anxiety when I'm playing and somebody plays a goddamn teferi. Uh so you know I'm not asking for something that's gonna really give me an aneurysm but I just right. think I just think for someone who's so iconic they could have not made her overpowered, but kind of tweaked it just a little bit. And again, maybe, maybe these abilities are exactly what someone else is looking for. And that's awesome. If that works for you, it's just me personally, when I first looked at it, I was like, eh, it's, it's cool to finally see her. The art is awesome. She looks badass." but it was just a little underwhelming. And that's, you know, again, completely my own opinion, but that's just, that was my first, my first thought. So,
1: I mean, yeah, that's about, what's that? I was going to say I'm not. I'm not uh, well versed in 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 modern, uh, so I don't know if if White Flyers is a deck. Uh, um. Yeah, that's
0: a good point. I don't. But either.
1: but the uh, uh, hold on, there we go. Uh, if you control a creature, damage that would reduce your life total to less than one reduces it to one instead. That seems like it could be a strong ability, and that's something you can do on turn five.
0: That's true. And I, um, that could be a very, you know, that could definitely come in handy, uh, especially yeah. if you're running some sort of a, I don't know, like a white weenie or a token deck or, you know, something where it's easy for you to get creatures on the board and keep them on the yeah. board.
1: And I see where you're coming from. It doesn't look that strong to me. I'm not going to play it uh but that's because i'm thinking of it in uh terms of like I, I i'm of the mindset of evaluating cards for limited that's a thing i didn't even think of this set is going to be uh draftable
0: Ah, uh, oh, yeah i didn't even think about that either
1: yeah so that's uh, maybe that's more of a limited card than an actual modern card true um, and
0: i guess and you know what you're right looking at it in a more narrow scope that is certainly i mean for that that mana cost and the fact that on turn five you can have that emblem for the rest of the game, that's pretty powerful and limited.
1: Also, uh, uh, she's a turn four Sarah Angel. If you plop her down on turn four and use her minus three, you get a Sarah Angel instead of waiting for turn five and hard casting one.
0: Nah, that's true, too.
1: So, I mean, it's yeah, kind a little of Yeah, angel ramp. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Um, I guess
0: maybe I just was more irritated with it but now that i've been able to sit down and talk my feelings through with you (laughs) i think uh maybe it's less annoying uh than i had initially thought
1: it was (laughs) i think it's because it says sarah on it (laughs) i think that's what taints your view on it i think i think you're right uh uh i think if uh, a planeswalker by any other name but with (laughs) those abilities uh it would be pretty cool looking but generic angel planeswalker
0: (laughs) there you go (laughs) Individual one. (laughs) Yeah, no, you're probably right. Um, And especially, again, you know, it looks like it's going to be, could be a lot of fun and super helpful in in modern. Uh, Or sorry, God, Jesus, of course, modern. Uh, What I meant was limited. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, no, it's, that's about it for what we got. Um, as far as news on the set today, um, yeah. I know they streamed I mean, it on Twitch. They had Cassius Marsh, uh, the the NFL player, on the live stream. Uh, it's releasing on his birthday. You know, whatever. There was a forty five oh, minute. I didn't know that. Yeah, I read that somewhere too. And I like his YouTube content. I, I enjoy watching him on game nights, and it's just cool to see, uh, you know, a guy who's a uh, an NFL player have such a passion for magic because, you know. Uh, a lot of my athlete friends never would have picked the game up. <laughs> uh, you know, good old high school stereotypes back in the day. But but yeah, so that was kind of it. I mean, there's a video, like I said, it was about a 45-minute long uh, Twitch stream, I think. That's available online. I'm sure there's a condensed version of it somewhere you could watch too. Um, Probably. But but that's it. So we'll get more information. They said uh, look for the set to be spoiled towards the end of May. Or, or at least start to be spoiled. Uh, so I'm sure as things trickle in, we'll start. You know, we'll make sure we talk about it on the show. Um, I think the next product actually that'll be spoiled, though, that we'll be talking about in the future is going to be those Challenger decks at the end of April. I'm uh, thinking sometime in
1: March they'll probably start. War of the Spark is going to come before those Challenger decks.
0: I'm an idiot. War of the Spark's the end of March, isn't <laughs> it? Those actually should start coming in soon then, because yeah, that's yeah. that's the la- uh, uh, last week of. Yeah, uh-huh. is the pre-release, right?
1: Yeah.
0: I think, yeah. So That's those great. should be coming. I mean, it's four weeks away. March is literally tomorrow uh, as we're recording this. So you're right. Those will be spoiled first. Then the Challenger deck list will come out. And those will obviously be a little bit less heralded just because it none of the cards are new. Um, so, um, yeah, well, actually... Uh, oh, sorry. I was ahead. just
1: going to say, I'm, I'm excited to see what the Challenger decks are.
0: I am too. I love the oh, ones yeah. last year. I bought... I got all of them except for the hazard Agro one because every time I looked for it, it was sold out somewhere or yeah. it was selling for like three times the price. And I was like, nope, not going to happen.
1: <laughs> I didn't get any of them because I already had my standard deck and then they, they banned the good energy cards and my standard deck turned to crap. <laughs> so, uh, but these, depending on what they are, um, I might uh, settle for one.
0: Yeah. No, I, depending on what they are and what the deck list look like, I I probably will too. You know, I'm. And this is, you know, fodder for a different episode, probably. But, um, right. you know, I'm assuming maybe like a, there's probably going to be Merfolk. I don't know how much Ixalan going to be in there, but they also had a bunch of, um, you know, Kaladesh and Ether Revolt in last year's Challenger decks that rotated, what, a month after they were released? A couple months after they were released? When, whenever Dominaria came out, right? Is that when it sure. got yeah. rotated? Something like that. Anyway, I guess it's kind of a decent segue into standard talk since that's all standard stuff and that's what we're going to talk about. So, standard is standard is fun. It's the only format you can play on Arena and, you know, uh, a lot of people love to play it on FNM. We've talked about what standard is in a previous episode as far as the the rules, what's legal, things like that. So, today we were just going to take a look at what we've noticed, uh, we've been seeing kind of in the current standard meta and you know, do you like it? Do you not like it? Does it annoy you? Uh, does it make you want to play it? Uh, what are you playing? You know, just just a, a fun little standard discussion. So uh, Tej, what kind of what kind of decks are you personally playing right now?
1: All right. Um, well, the only standard that I do is on arena. Um, I do not have a standard deck in paper as of now. Uh and I've put let me check my bank account quick. Zero literal dollars into Magic <laughs> Arena. So and I haven't used any wild cards, so I'm just playing with cards that I open naturally. You um, haven't
0: used any wild cards? No. Do you have a shitload of them just sitting there?
1: Uh I don't know how many I have exactly, but I'll check uh I'll check before the before the cast is done. So most of my standard uh, is played um, to grind for the gold uh, so I can draft on Arena. Uh, And if I'm grinding for gold, I'm playing Mono Red. It's basically a Mono Red uh, goblin build with a lot of uh, the shocks. You know what? I'm going to pull it up right now since I'm talking about it. I'm, I'm really bad with card names. I really am. I need to get better at that. I know what all the cards do, but I can't tell you what their names are. Are you running uh, Goblin Gathering in that? That's the that's the sorcery where it gives you tokens based on how many uh, gatherings yep. are in your graveyard. Uh, I, that is correct. Yes, I am not. Um, I threw it in there once to test it out, and I didn't like it in testing. It was unreliable. Okay. And it was taking it, uh, it was taking slots away from more useful creatures. Fair. So, okay. First of all, I have here. Uh, 28 common wild cards, 29 uncommon wild cards, 12 rares, and 5 mythic rares. Alright. So those are all my wild cards I haven't used yet. It's getting wild. It's getting wild up <laughs> here. Alright, so, here's my mono red deck. It is, yes, it's mostly super cheap, uh, hasty goblins. Fanatical Firebrands and Giru Lava Runners, which actually isn't a goblin, uh, but the Torch Courier is a goblin. Got some Goblin uh, Investigators to give me those nice Goblin Tokens and Viashino Pyromancers. Uh, the Gutter Snipes and the Legion War Bosses, which I'm really enjoying in this deck. That's the uh, 2 2 Mentor. Yes. Uh, and at the beginning of combat, I create a token that, atta- that has Haste and attacks each turn of Abel. Uh, that card's been a lot of fun to play with. And the Curve tops out with a, a Charging Monster Sword. It's, it's my most expensive card at 5 mana. It's a 5 5 Trample Haste Dinosaur. But then I've got Shocks, Shiven Fires, Lightning Strikes, Bane Fires. Uh, this is just your standard run-of-the-mill, mono-red, burn-your-face-off deck. Are you just running any uh,
0: Steamkins in there?
1: I don't have any Steamkins. Okay. No. Other than that, uh, if I'm going to play standard for fun, I have two decks that I've been bouncing back and forth with. The one that I've been doing most recently is uh, Simic Merfolk. Uh, this is just this is just a, a really basic merfolk deck. A uh, bunch of cheap merfolks. Deep Root Elites to put plus and one plus counters on them. Iron Shell Beetles, which isn't a merfolk, but it also puts counters on things. Uh, because I've got the Herald of Secret Streams. It says creatures with plus and one plus counters on them can't be blocked. Um, I have Seafloor Oracles. So whatever merfolk I control deals combat damage to a player, I draw a card. Uh, I can draw three or four cards a turn with that thing out on the field. Uh, Water Trap reavers to tap down their things, and their things can't untap during their next untap step. This is just a aggro, controlly, merfolk build is what it is, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, once it gets going, it's, it's hard to stop. So, that's what I've been, that's, that, and then the one other deck that I play a lot, I haven't touched it in a while, is a, a super cheap Jeskai control deck. Ooh, nice! And I really like this deck. I figured out why it's b- more successful than I f- personally feel like it should be. It's because it's just guy control, and people are expecting to ferry, and I don't have to ferry. Hmm. So they play, they play around me as though I have to ferry. Yeah, but you're I holding don't. him
0: up every turn. You just never fucking play <laughs> him.
1: <laughs> um, I have. Enigma Drakes, but no Crackling Drakes, so in place of the Crackling Drakes, I have Avon Windmage. Whenever I cast an instant or sorcery, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. And the idea here is uh, cheap draw with Opt and Chart of Course, uh, cheap removal with Shock and Shiv and Fires and Sealaways, Lightning Strikes, Gutter Snipe to do damage when I play my instant or sorceries, uh, more card draw with re- with Ritual of Rejuvenation, few board wipes with settle the wreckage and deafening clarion uh and then a bane fire in there for that uh for that one last finisher it doesn't look that great on paper but it is honestly a lot of fun to play and like i said i think people are expecting the teferi to come down at any moment
0: and he just never shows up
1: and it just never shows up and (laughs) uh i like that uh yeah and also leaving four mana up at the end of your turn for Settle the Wreckage is going to deter a lot of people from attacking. Because that's the way I play around Settle the Wreckage. If, if the white player has four mana up, I'm only coming in with one creature.
0: Yep, I'm and not either, I'm not swinging my whole board.
1: No, you can either waste your settle on one creature or I'm just going to keep hitting you. Uh, it's your choice. And I do the same thing. Even if I don't have Settle the Wreckage in my hand. Once I hit once I hit those uh, two white sources, I'll leave four mana up at the end of my turn... Uh, just to deter attacks.
0: Oh, it's just like bluffing in poker, you know. I mean, yeah, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you think, you know, twice yeah. before you, before you do something.
1: So now that I'm saying all of this out loud, I've got my uh, dumb aggro red deck. Uh, I've got my Murfolk, which I can kind of autopilot, but sometimes I have to think about plays before I make them. And Jeskai is one that I actually have to pay attention to. I've got three different decks here uh, that I like to play around. And depending on the mood, you know, one's going to be more fun than the other. Nice. So yeah, those are the decks that I'm playing currently. Awesome. What about you? Uh, so I talked about the
0: 2.0 version of my, my gates deck that i'm running right now so i'm gonna pull up that list here it's it's your standard gate deck uh i run four girl spirals four guild summits four gates of blaze four Gatebreaker rams three definite clarion two night of autumn four circuitous root um four gate colossus four hydroid crassus let's see two forest three azorius guild gate one Er, got one uh four is it guild gate four gruel four selesnia guild gates one temple garden one breeding pool uh four simic guild gates and four plaza of harmony so it's your pretty straightforward gates deck like i said i swapped in the plaza of harmonies and that's been a really great addition uh or change i should say as was removing expansion explosion and adding in two more crassus that helped a lot i do have a sideboard built for that I do have uh, four Negates in there just in case I want to play a little more control. I have, let's see, an binding in there in case I need it. Like I said, I stuck some archway angels in there in case I need those. And I also, I haven't had a chance to play with it yet, but I've heard a lot of people talk about the benefit to having cinder vines in your sideboard for a gates deck. So I have two copies of cinder vines in my sideboard. I just have not used them yet. So I look forward to the day when I board those in i do a lot of best of one though so i don't really do much sideboarding i i I built it to have it but i have never used it um because typically i'm not playing best of three uh then i have two other decks that i built that i run um, and they're both mono blue mono blue tempo mono blue aggro whatever you want to call it so the first build looked something like four curious obsession four dive down four miscloaked herald 4 Opt, 4 Siren Storm Tamer, uh, I had a Blink of an Eye in there, 2 Charter Course, 3 Essence Scatter, 4 Merfolk Trickster, 2 Exclusion Mage, 4 Tempest Gin, 4 Wizards Retort, and 20 Islands. So
1: okay.
0: that was, uh, I mean, and that's pretty standard for what you're going to see with the Mono Blue Tempo decks. And as I was starting to think about stuff from Ixalan, rotating out and me wanting to just try some of the new cards um i did build a version 2.0 and i'm also going to have to edit this a little bit um, and i will get to that get to why in just a second so this one runs for curious obsession four dive down four opt added in four terramander kept four siren storm tamer three spell pierce three essence capture four merfolk trickster two surge mayor four tempest gin four wizard's retort and twenty islands so my thought was, oh, hey, Essence Capture is going to help me put some counters on on creatures, and that's like been the case maybe once. It's just not as efficient as I had hoped it to be. I don't know if it's because a lot of my creatures have smaller toughnesses, so they're really easy to remove before I get a chance to play that card, because I found myself being forced into playing that card when I had no creatures to put counters on, and at that point, it's kind of a waste. <laughs> when i could be putting in some sort of counter magic that more directly affects my opponent uh, um, let's see what else oh the terramanders i added because terramander is just a great freaking card and uh i'm very happy with it uh, it's a ton of fun to, to play and especially in a, a, a deck like this where there's going to be a lot of um instants and sorceries in the bin so you're cutting down that uh adapt cost pretty quickly and easily so I've flipped Terramanders or I pumped Terramanders more often than not, and they're awesome once they get going. Obviously, it's also built around both of them around the Tempest Djinn because I like the fact that it's mono blue, so all my land counts towards its power. And it's got a four toughness, so it gets around like uh, Lava Coil, Wizard's Retort, or God, Wizard's Lightning, I mean, you know, and things like that. So all the things that do three damage or less, you're going to have to waste two spells on. So. I'll I'll take that. So that's that's what I'm running. I I, I put the stor- uh the surge mares in there just because people I, I do run into my my fair share of green. So that the fact that uh, it can't be blocked by green creatures is nice. But more importantly, uh, whenever it deals damage to an opponent, you get to draw a card. So then you have to pitch one as well. but So it's kind of like a curious obsession, just not quite as good since it does make you pitch. And he's, he's a zero five, 5 but for a colorless and a blue, or, sorry, a generic and a blue, you give him plus 2, minus 2 uh, until end of turn. So if you know you can get in there and you want some card draw, then you just pay the cost chump in for two and and you're good to go but he's also a great damage sponge you know that five toughness is huge there's not unless you're playing god dinosaurs there's not a lot that you're gonna have to worry about uh coming through that guy so he's a really good blocker which is something that this deck definitely you know needs help with so that's uh those are the three decks that i'm running right now in arena all right uh what do you what do you find yourself playing against a lot anything more than you know other stuff
1: I used to see a lot of Teferi going around. Um, not so much anymore. Mainly I've been seeing a bunch of life gain. Either, uh, uh, white-green or white-black. White-black, uh, or, uh, white-green mostly. Uh, they have a, an enchantment sub-theme. Uh, white-black, uh... Oh, I got that backwards. No, uh, white black is the one that I see most often. Um,
0: okay, yeah, me uh, too. I see it. a lot more of that than I see of Selesnya. The more more uh, stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, but Selesnya has been kind of creeping up there a little bit with their enchantment sub themes. Um,
0: yep, and their token generation.
1: Yes, it really
0: helps. You know, if they've got if they're playing um, a Johnny's Welcome, you know, they're just gaining a ton of life. And then if they have a Pride Mate on the board, that thing's getting pumped too.
1: Yeah. I've been seeing that quite a bit. That's easy to uh, that's easy to stop with um, with my mono red deck. Uh, I can burn stuff out pretty quickly with Simic. It just becomes a race with my Merfolk and uh, my Jeskai build is too slow for for uh, the life gain decks, honestly, which is probably why I haven't been playing that one as much as uh, as I used to. But other than that, uh, I see some mono red. Which uh, doesn't bother me as much as it uh, bothers you. Spoiler (laughs) alert. And then I... Oh, I've been seeing a lot of the um, reassembling skeleton decks. With things that just sacrifice your reassembling skeletons. And then they can poop them back out again. uh, Just to be sacrificed more. Uh, Those are usually either mono-black decks or uh, Golgari decks.
0: Yeah, Chanel said he's been seeing those a lot more too. And I just... I haven't run into them. I think I've run into Gutter Bones once and Reassembling Skeletons like twice. And the okay. Reassembling skeleton stuff was, I mean, God, probably a month and a half ago. I, for whatever reason, I just haven't run into it as much as the two of you have said you guys have.
1: Yeah. It might it might be a... Honestly, it might be a tier thing. That,
0: that true, too. Um, yep,
1: I'm probably in a lower constructed tier than you guys are, uh, so I'm not seeing any of the dominating strategies that you might find in the upper echelons. Like uh, I haven't seen any, I've never seen once uh, Nexus of Fate deck. Um, oh
0: man. Yeah. Not once. S- since the ban, I see them a lot less, which is great. But uh, mm-hmm. I was seeing a lot of them in, you know, uh, <laughs> Esper control. Uh, you know, they're running them in or even band control or uh, Hey, even now, Jeskai control. Cause you know, it's blue. You can stick it with anything,
1: but not since the ban. Since the ban, you've seen those numbers go down a little bit. Yeah,
0: since the since the incident. <laughs> um, but like I, you know, like I said before, I play a lot of best of one, so it was banned mm-hmm. in best of one. That's exactly why I saw it go down. Um, but I guess even more so than Nexus of Fate, what I just see a, a ton of when I'm playing is Teferis. They're still everywhere, and if you're running into someone who's playing Jeskai, then chances are they're also running Ral's. And if you're playing someone who's uh, you know playing Esper, then they're probably running Kaya's with it as well. So
1: I haven't seen any Kaya's either.
0: I ran into one uh, Esper that had a Johnny and Kaya and Teferi in it. And that thing was absolutely obnoxious. So kudos okay. to you if that was you. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, so that's what you're seeing a lot of? Yeah. Like you said, I, I mean... Mono Red's going to be anywhere, whether Paper Magic or on Arena. It's it's quick, it's easy, and well, I shouldn't say easy because that makes it seem like I'm saying it doesn't. you don't have to think to play it. You do have to think to play it, especially if you get stuck in a mirror match where you're both playing similar Mono Red builds, but uh, I, I see it a lot. We had talked before we started recording about not seeing Chain Whirler as often. I am starting to see him make a comeback only because I'm starting to see a lot more like white weenie uh, and token decks where there's a lot of one toughness creatures that red decks are just throwing him out there to mow him down. And, you know, he's a board wipe. That's also a three, 1st three strike at, in the, at that point. So he's back to being extremely efficient in that regard. And then I just see, I see a ton of runaway steamkins because it's just another way to generate extra mana for, for red players. So I, I don't hate it. I just get irritated that that's what I see the most far and away mono red is what i run into the most when i'm playing arena and it's just like come on everybody's playing this or at least everybody i have to play against is playing this so it's like just do something different you know but i get it i mean if you're going to be grinding like you said you know that's the kind you know when you're when you're trying to grind out coins that's that's the way to do it that's one of the better strategies out there and if that's if that's your play style you know then more power to you i just I'm just getting sick of seeing it everywhere. I just want to see something different. But I guess then that brings me to my next point. The next three decks that I see more often after after mono red are Esper, Bant, and Jeskai Control. And when I'm playing those, it's like, okay, I've got about three or four turns to get myself going here. And if I can't, I'm fucked. <laughs> so Because um, once those Teferis or other Planeswalkers get out, if they have ways to protect them, you're in trouble. Especially, you know when you're playing Jeskai and if a ral gets online and then they've got like a niv with it or any of the other drakes, you know, you just really see it, you really see those things take off and it sucks to play against but it's fun to watch because it's like, oh my god, that synergy there is just awesome. You know, I mean, it's decks doing what decks are supposed to be doing, so you can't get you can't get mad about it, but it's not fun when you no I mean nobody plays to lose, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> When you see those cards hit the board and you're like, "Oh my god," the last asshole beat me this way. Now this guy's gonna beat me this way. But that's that's magic. And even though it irritates the hell out of me at times, uh, I'm never gonna stop playing, <laughs> right? Because it's still my favorite game ever. So, is there, uh, is there anything that you've seen people play? You know, whether we've already touched on it or not, that you're kind of like, man, that's you know, sometime in the future that's a kind of build that I'd like to give a shot or are you more, you know, I, you, I know you like to be very creative and you build on your own. So do you just kind of do your own thing? Not really take notice of what other people are running?
1: Oh, I definitely take notice of what other people are running.
0: Yeah. I phrased that very poorly because obviously you're, you're looking to see what you should build for yourself. But do you, do you, um, actively try and shy away from what other people are playing do you uh look for ways to beat them or are you ever like oh man that's interesting i kind of want to run something like that or see if i can you know yeah i'm
1: i uh well the best example i have is my jess guy deck it is super budget there's nothing super strong in it but it's uh your uh your is it drakes are always really fun uh, I like I like seeing Is It Drakes. I like watching people play that deck. Um, I don't win against it very often, uh, more so today than I did in the past, because slowly my collection grows, and slowly I can add better cards to my decks. But my Jeskai deck uh, came from watching other people play, uh, and I got my four enigma drakes but i have no crackling drakes which is why uh i decided to substitute the crackling drake with the avon windmage nice uh so it's still uh it's still the instant and sorcery deck that i see other people play it's just a slightly different strategy because the windmage doesn't get a permanent boost it just gets a temporary one but that being said uh that deck came from watching other people play similar decks so I knew what cards to go back and look for in my collection. Sure. Uh, and then I I have I have a full set of, of ops now, but I only had like one when I first started building this deck, and then I was able to do a Dominaria draft, and that's where I got the rest of the the ops. I intentionally went back to that Dominaria Draft looking for cards that I didn't own because I I just didn't I didn't start really getting into Arena until shortly before Guilds came out. So I missed out on all those, uh, all your Ixalon stuff and your, your Dominaria stuff. So those are, those are cards that I'm severely lacking in my collection. But I also don't want to, like I, like I said earlier, I'm hoarding all my, uh, my wild cards for no good reason, honestly. But, I forgot where I was going with this. Uh, but seeing other people play decks with cards that I don't have, it gives me something to look for. Uh, I won't. I, I remember where I was going with this. I won't go back and play, like say, an Ixalan draft unless I have a lot of gold or a lot of gems to to spare, because I'd rather draft current stuff. But if there's certain cards that I'm looking for and they're just like easy to pick up, common or uncommon cards, I'll go back and do a draft uh, because. Going back and doing a draft is a fun to do, and B, it it it, uh, it allows me to open these packs and actively search for cards that I could use to build in future decks. Yeah, so,
0: I I have a very similar strategy and way of thinking too. I try to keep myself you know around a certain number of gold so that I can enter drafts when I want to, and I also like to use them as practice for paper magic, like now i don't have to go sit down in a store and do a draft you know i can decide at 10 o'clock on a tuesday night like oh you know what i want to draft some magic fire up my computer and i can draft and get that practice in with these current sets that are out and use that for when i'm actually sitting down at an fnm or just with some friends and you know casually drafting in a paper you know at a store format so that is definitely another reason I, I enjoy doing it. Not only does it build my collection on arena and make it fun to play magic, but I it's also I mean it's practice is is what it is. So I like having another avenue that I can that I can practice because drafting is probably the weakest part of my my magic game if you will so being able to do it over and over and over and over again uh is only helping me to become a better drafter and really think about what it is i'm doing when i'm drafting so that's another reason that i really really enjoy arena yeah and just you know standard in general because that's you know people Unless it's a chaos or a special, you know, master's draft or somebody's got a booster box of something old, that's what you're going to be drafting because that's what's going to be available in in a store. You know, is typically standard stuff. So exactly, that's that's what I like to do. Yeah, yeah. Anything else comes to mind about standard that you want to get off your chest or talk about?
1: Mm, Not really. No.
0: Yeah, Um, I mean that's that's what I'm thinking too. Um, Like I said, most of my standards on arena not so much in paper
1: yeah i hear uh nexus is still a pain to play against in paper but what are you gonna do
0: yeah right it is what it is the only thing that um, irritates me specifically about that card is that it was the buy a box promo like they didn't print it you know in the set
1: yeah and like
0: these other buy a box promos that have been coming out you know fire song and Sunspeaker, and uh the impervious great worm and the um Haunt of High Tower, or whatever the uh, Allegiance one was, like these aren't game-breaking cards. But you look at Nexus, and it's like a game-breaking card, you know.
1: It was a it was a design oversight. Like they they made yeah. it a buy-a-box promo because they didn't think it was game-breaking.
0: Right. Exactly. That's
1: the, that's that's the reason it was there. And then someone uh, someone found a way to bust that thing wide open and. Got shot to hell real quick.
0: Yep, exactly. And now it's just running rough shot
1: all over <laughs> the so, meta. <laughs> their hearts were in the right place, but it was um, and it's things like that. Like they they've uh, it's it's because of that they've changed uh, their internal testers or the way that they do internal testing. Like they've got. Uh, pros or former pros now on staff uh, who have a better eye for that sort of stuff than r and d does
0: right yeah they're gonna catch they're gonna catch uh, things that are you know easily or even not so easily exploitable and say uh, hey, you might have a problem with this
1: yeah so people people like to complain about about wizards and, and and how they're destroying magic and all that stuff but they're they're working on it they're doing they're doing a good job so far. It's just because yeah, it's cool did. to
0: hate on stuff. You know, it's like everybody hates Metallica because it's cool to hate on Metallica when really everybody loves Metallica because they're fucking who? Metallica. So. Who hates <laughs> on Metallica? Ah, hipsters and them. stuff.
1: What hipsters? Hipsters are dumb.
0: <laughs> Anyone who hates on Metallica is dumb. Fight me. Well, hey, man, thanks for uh, sitting down and talking some standard and some, some magic news with me. We'll be back, like I said, next episode is probably going to be just Teej and I again. Don't remember off the top of my head what that subject is, so we're going to keep you in suspense. Make sure that you find us on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere that you consume podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe while you're there. It definitely helps us in, in search rankings. And uh, join us in our social communities, uh, Instagram and Facebook. You can find us. Just search at Homebrew Magic. We are the only one. You can find us there. Thanks again, Tiege, and thank you guys for listening. And until we see you again, don't drink and scry.